I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Welcome back to the podcast with, I'm trying to, that was really bad. Let's try a radio voice again. What Welcome if this ba- is the first time they're ever listening? Welcome back to the podcast then with the Kate Then it's not back. Show. It could just oh. be welcome. Welcome to the Kate If Mike you're show? a first time listener, welcome. We're so excited to have you. Okay. And for those who are longtime listeners. Welcome back. Yeah. This is the Kate and Mike show. And we are talking today about a very important topic. And Kate it is, is really jazzed about this. Well, I'll tell you why in a minute. There's some backstory, but we're going to talk about the focus formula, how to make time for what matters most to get the results that you want. So I've been thinking a lot about time lately. Ever since I became a mother, my time feels way more precious. And especially now with two babes. You have always been thinking about time. You're right. I've been thinking about time since I was probably 12, but... You you kept a calendar of who you're going to hang out with when you're like 14. Earlier than that. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But I've been thinking about it more and in different ways as a mother because my time is not entirely my own anymore. Even though I know we all have 24 hours in the day and we all get to make choices, but having little people who need me has made me far more conscientious about the way I spend my time. And I have been doing, if you've never done this and are a business owner, I highly recommend doing it. I have been doing ideal customer avatar interviews. So I reached out to an online community that I'm part of and I said, I'm looking to talk to, at the time I said 20, but I've actually lowered my number because it turns out this takes a lot of time, (laughs) Um, of women who identify as nurturers. I wanted to do some moms, some non-moms. And I've been asking them about their relationship to time and how they schedule and how they prioritize, how they organize their time, how they manage their energy going back and forth between their businesses and the people that they love and the things that they love and the other things that are important to them. And it's been fascinating. So I've gotten so many ideas for content. I've gotten so many ideas for new products and services we can offer. And it's also been just such a tremendous joy to talk to real human beings rather than just sit there with my computer thinking about what people might want. So if you have not done ideal customer avatar interviews, I highly recommend it, especially if you're not getting the results that you want in your business. So if you're putting programs out there, but nobody's buying, if you're you know promoting webinars or teleclasses and no one is no one's signing up for them. If your workshops aren't selling out, you gotta do ideal customer avatar interviews. I used a framework that I learned from Marie Forleo and Laura Belgray in the copy cure, but you can, I I mean, like I kind of started there, but to be perfectly honest, I just made up my own questions because this is a real conversation and I didn't wanna just be reading questions off of a piece of paper. My first one was pretty clunky, but after that I've gone. I've gotten pretty good and it's really a joy. So I think in the end I will have done 15 or 16 
And then what I'm going to do, just just for those of you who end up doing this, is I recorded all the conversations and then I'm getting them transcribed through the service that we use, Transcription Puppy. And then I am going to print them off and get out a highlighter, old school, and highlight the key phrases that are either good copy to write in my emails, my sales pages, my sales messages, or that spur ideas for products or services or benefits that we could offer. It's just basically, you know, using the words of my ideal customer to then be able to connect with them more deeply. And also it's just been fun because I love talking to people and these women are amazing. So from that came the idea for this podcast. I guess that's why I was telling you about the ICA interviews. I got kind of off track there. But one woman said, I wish I could just have a formula to get focused on what I really need to get done so that I have more days where I feel like I was in the flow and got the things done that I wanted to get done. And I felt like at the end of the day, like, wow, I am great. I'm a rock star. Those were her exact words. And so for you, I will not say your name, but should you happen to listen to this podcast, what the funnest part of this ICA interviews, I have to say, is that the vast majority of them had no idea who I am. And so it was really just, I mean, obviously the vast majority of human beings have no idea who I am, but it was... <laughs> they, they haven't been around your, your stuff before. No, which makes the interview far more powerful. So they definitely you, know who I am then. <laughs> <laughs> if you are doing ICA interviews, I recommend interviewing people who don't know you because they're, they won't have preconceived notions of what to say. And so it just makes it far more relevant. Their words are far more clear and fresh because they don't have in their head what they think you think you want them to say, if that makes sense. So I think it's unlikely that the woman who this episode is for is listening. However, if you are, you'll know who you are. This is the focus formula. So Mike and I are going to share the things that we do, the rituals, the practices, the mindset strategies that we have, just some of them. I mean, we just don't have forever, but just some of them to help you to get more clear on what you need to focus on to get the results that you actually want to get. Because the truth is, when you look at your time during the day, it's a trade-off. You either do one thing or you do another. It's not like you can expand the day. And even though I do believe in time bending and there's a way to expand your experience of time and to actually fit more in and and have this this face feeling <laughs> have this face <laughs> have this feeling of spaciousness. Um, and we could do a whole other episode on time bending and how to expand time, that is not what today is about. Today is more about chronos time. And chronos time is like chronological time. Chronos is the Greek word. Chronological time, linear time, it's like, you know, time. Like an hour is an hour. And in chronos time, when you choose to do one thing with your time, you can't do another thing. It's kind of, it is a zero sum model. So I don't mean to be like wah wah here, but the truth is you just have to make choices. And so today is about how to make those choices mindfully and how to make those choices so you don't feel like you're missing out on life, how to make those choices so you don't feel like you are killing off your ideas and so that you actually feel that spaciousness throughout your day. Great. Great. Should I start? Kate, 
I don't know what we're talking about. I told you what we're talking about. We, you told me like we're going to do focus time and I got this plan and this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it. I so, said I want to both have us share the things that we do to choose what we pay attention to during the day and to talk about the rituals and sort of the mindset. You heard the intro. I got I that. Said, but then you busted out like the focus formula. This whole focus formula is new for me. So I, I'm, I'm excited to hear about it too. That's what today is. If you do the things we're going to tell you, it is the focus formula. Oh, there's not an acronym? Like focused F doesn't stand for something and O. We could make it up. Oh, okay. I thought that's what it was. I was like, I was going to be the listener. I was going to turn. Well, listen, I am teaching a workshop on October 23rd, which is interestingly enough, my best friend Ellen's birthday. Ellen, we talked about last week in the podcast. We talk so about Ellen every we, week. Well, I don't know every week. <laughs> Ellen, at the end of the day, it's the most mentioned the Kate and name. Mike show is for you. <laughs> Besides Kate and Mike, Ellen is the anyway. It's most Ellen's birthday name. on the twenty third, and I am also teaching a free workshop, which I'm so excited about because I have not taught a live class since this time last year. So it has been a full Whoa. year since I have taught anything really other than the content that I teach within origin. So I'm super psyched and it is a brand new workshop, all new material, all new content called the focus formula. <laughs> and by then I bet you I will have an amazing acronym in the meantime, this is the warm up. Oh, and you can go sign up for that. It's free over at katenorthup.com forward slash focus. Of course. And if the name for the workshop changes between now and then it will be still over at katenorthup.com forward slash focus because our business is a living breathing entity folks and we change things from time to time because i am a ever-changing woman and i give myself permission to change my mind <laughs> so you are <laughs> Kate, that iced tea is getting crazy. also i threw out my back and so i'm oh, having yeah. trouble mm -hmm. breathing right now yep. also just sharing that information Okay. It's a fun day over here. So at the I'm going to tell you one of the things that I do that's part of my focus formula. And then Mike, you can share one of yours and then we'll just bop back and forth like we're playing ping pong. Great. It's called the focus formula ping pong. So first of all, one of the things that is really key for me is knowing at the end of the day, what truly, truly, truly matters. And during the free workshop, I'm gonna be walking you through how to really create a statement, a boiled down statement of the three things that really matter to you, and therefore how to create filter questions that are unique to your specific situation and person so that every opportunity that comes across your plate you have filter questions, so you know what to actually say yes to and what to actually say no to. So for me, you know, overall, what's really, really the most important is the upliftment of women and girls or the empowerment of women and girls, the advancement of women and girls, depending on how you want to say that. And then finally, it's really, honestly, taking care of myself because if, of course, if I don't take care of myself, I can't help the advancement of women and girls, and I certainly cannot help my girls or my family. So once again, I'm just gonna review. One, the advancement of women and girls. Two, and these are in no particular order, by the way. Two, the well-being and joy of my kiddos and my family, which includes the relationship I have with Mike. 
and three, my own well-being. And those can be interchanged. Those are all equal weight. Because the truth is, if I don't take care of my own well-being, I am no good for the kids, I am no good for Mike, and I also can't help other women in their advancement. So those are the three things that are most important to me. I have come to those through a process of (laughs) trial and error and really bumbling through, but I'm going to give you during the free workshop coming up some ways that you can come up with what matters the most to you on a deep level, not just like, oh, my family or, you know, my career or being of service. While those things are all really important, I want you to even be more specific. Why? Because then they can become filtering questions for you in order to help you with your own focus formula. So for example, for me, the advancement of women and girls. Okay, that's great. But underneath that, there's a lot of things that might come across my plate that would help the advancement of women and girls. For example, somebody might reach out who I've never met before and say, hey, I'd love to grab coffee with you and pick your brain about how you've grown an online platform. You know, I'm a woman who's wanting to do the same thing. Would you be willing to do that? You know, it depends on the situation. I may or may not be willing to do that. Probably not. The term pick your brain really drives me insane. So that one, probably not. But so, okay, advancement of women and girls, not specific enough. For me, I know right now the best way that I can do this is through our origin community. Why? Because our origin community is for women who are leaders in their homes and in their communities who are entrepreneurs and it is helping them to learn how to manage their time and energy in a way that doesn't mean they have to sacrifice their own well-being or that of their loved ones. So for me, then the filtering question is, does this grow origin? You know, and there may be things that I say yes to that don't specifically grow origin, but I am trying to get, and I just have to tell you, I'm being super transparent here. I struggle with this because I am a yes woman. I love to do everything. I love to do all the things. And I can convince myself that they are all going to meet my ultimate purpose, but they are not. And some of them are just much higher leverage than others. I read a great book called Drop the Ball by Tiffany Dufu. She's going to be on the podcast later on this year. I'm super pumped because I just am loving her work right now, but it's about achieving more through doing less. So you can see why I love her already. But she talked about, she has a whole chapter about your highest and best use. And so even though something may ultimately advance women and girls that somebody asked me to do, is it my highest and best use? And that's something that we'll explore further maybe in this episode, also in the workshop. But really what I'm saying is you gotta have filtering questions because if you don't have filtering questions, you will be lost and you will end up sitting in meetings and working on projects and spending your time doing things that you feel resentful of because deep down, you know it's not a good use of your time and you know it's not working towards your bigger vision, your bigger purpose. So for me, I really have been working on getting these questions more and more refined. And so having those filtering questions is key and that's something I'm going to share a process with you for coming up with what those filtering questions are during that workshop next week. Great. Yeah. So Mike, do you have filtering questions like that? He just stops talking and just looks at me. And then... So, okay. I just ponged the ball back to you. Great. Do I have filtering questions like that? <laughs> yeah. 
Hmm. No, I don't. I guess I should make some. I'm curious. Yeah. Like just riffing. I mean, for our business wise, like a lot of things is like, is this going to make us money? That's a great filtering question. So <laughs> yeah, that's the big filtering question. So when we comes to our business side and then also for personal side now, I would say I've developed those over the course of 2018 more than anything else. It's been like, how's this going to affect my lifestyle? Mm. You know, and how's this going to affect me? And I was forced to that because of my skin that we've talked about here to really get myself in check. So I was actually in the car the other day with my buddy. We went to go see Modest Mouse and we're driving down the road and he asked me, he goes, do you feel living in Maine is, we've had this conversation before about growth, like business growth. What do we call, there's a name for it, but. We were talking about, because we, we spent some time in San Francisco and we were just like so deeply challenged in a great way by so many of the conversations we were in and this yoga class we went to I, and there was this sort of cutting edge yeah. feel. I'm at dinner in San Francisco with all these people. I have no idea what they're talking about. And it's rare that I cannot have somewhat of a conversation with people. I feel like I'm pretty well-rounded on a variety of topics. But like they were speaking, they work at Google and all this other different tech firms and et cetera. And I'm like, I am so lost here, but it's fine because this feels great. Like we're just around a bunch of smart people. And yeah. it's like that exists here in Maine. Definitely. There's a lot of smart oh, people. Yes. Right. But there it's a different you know, when you're in Silicon Valley, it's a much different environment than being in Maine. And I said, I said, we're totally missing out on business stuff being here, but I'm, I don't live here for the business drive or so much. Like if I wanted to, we would move to New York and that's where we'd live. Right. Or someplace else. But it's here. It's all about the lifestyle. It's so and true. So those questions have, have actually, I've had to re program my brain and my body about why am I doing what we're doing? Because yeah. before it was for, it was a lot more ego driven. It was a lot more status. It was a lot more, you know, my desire was like to be on cover of all the magazines and be the CEO of the company and look at me. I'm so fancy. Right. And it's like, yeah, I don't, that doesn't, I don't care about any of that stuff anymore. I just, I don't. And so if it happens, great but it's not the reason that I'm doing what we're doing. And so I guess I do have filter questions. I love the one and, about lifestyle. That's really like, I think that that's part of my filter question around my own well-being. Mm -hmm. because I did live in New York for six years, right in the thick of it and in the center of it. And I met incredible people and was challenged every day and had the opportunity yep. to do so many things just you know one subway stop away or one block away that i don't have the opportunity to do in maine but at the end of the day my soul craved space yes and a more nourishing way of life and so that ended up being more important than you know fancy networking or opportunities to do things that right yeah and life's also changed like right. we didn't have kids then now we have kids you know so like that place but has we changed. could have kids in new york i have plenty that's of friends who have that's kids correct. in new york and um we've just <laughs> chosen not to no and that doesn't mean it'll always be like that but for now it's going to be like that kate just looked at me she might, she's like well yeah it's it would it would be a pretty extenuating circumstance for me to want to raise kids in new york city no i'm not saying we're going to raise kids in new oh. york city but just like down the line we might change our and not say we decide we don't want to live in maine anymore but yeah from a business standpoint is these are good ideas to make money, which has been successful. And it's also gotten us in trouble. It's created some product flops because the vision has got off track from what Kate was talking about now. It was very clear. It's like, you know, this is focused on origin. It's created 
spending too many times on other products or programs or investing time or hiring people that we didn't need to hire. You know, all these type of things have happened in our business and spending money where we didn't need to spend money, you know, we thought was a good idea for the time being. And yeah, so those, it's been a really good thing and it's been a sometimes not such a great thing, but we, it's learning from it, right? Those are what they, you hear everybody talk about the failures. You got to go through the failures. I mean, that's what those are, you know, and they happen all the time in life. But I would say like for myself, I can trace, you know, 90% of my failures back to saying yes to things I shouldn't have said yes to. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so, you know, there's a Steve Jobs quote, I'm more proud about his time at Apple. I'm more proud of the things we didn't do than I am of the things we did do. And I come back to that time and time again, because if we really want to make time for what matters to get the results we want, we have to be so diligent and we have to be diligent and I can't think of the other word I want right now. This is the thing about mom brain that drives me the craziest. It's not the fact that sometimes I like put my cell phone in the fridge or, you know, do all kinds of ridiculous things. Like I get very spacey. That part doesn't bother me that much. I just can kind of laugh at it. It's the fact that there's a specific word that I want that I can't think of. It, that's the part that drives me the most crazy about having mom brain. Not the word. I can't think of it. Anyway, diligent will have to do. So it's really being <laughs> diligent about your boundaries and about what you allow into your precious sphere, into your precious time and energy, because all of us have very limited time and energy. And yes, you can find resources within yourself, such as meditation and taking care of your health and sleep and all kinds of things to expand that energy. And again, we can do an episode on time bending to talk about expanding time. Ruthless. Ruthless is the word I wanted. I wanted. You have to be ruthless with what you let onto your calendar and what you let onto your precious attention span. And so these filtering questions can be incredibly helpful and clarifying. And I recommend coming up with the filtering questions, which I'm going to help you do on that workshop, katenorthup.com forward slash focus, and then posting them up in your workspace so that when you get the email or when you get the text or when you see the thing on social media to sign up for a whatever, you have those filtering questions in front of you and you can be ruthless about what you allow in. Because the only way to create more space is to stop filling it up with shit that doesn't matter to you and that doesn't get you the results that you want or stuff that matters just a little bit, but not as much as the other thing, because there's always going to be a trade-off and you want the trade-off to be the things that don't matter as much to you as opposed to the things that do matter to you. So that's a huge one is your filtering questions. And it comes from what matters most to you, but then you really have to dial it down even deeper. And I recommend re-looking at your filtering questions periodically, like definitely at least once a year, if not every six months, because businesses change, lives change, our priorities shift. You know, it may be that you have an ill parent all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden everything shifts. It may be that you have the birth of a child or something happens that then you, you got to change your filtering questions. But for me, you know, for example, I might get invited to something that starts, <laughs> silly example, but it's a true one. I might get invited to something that starts at eight o'clock at night, right? 
And it might sound fun, but at the end of the day, one of my filtering questions really has to do with my own well-being. And if I am going to bed past 10, I really notice that I am suffering the next day. And so my own well-being really suffers. Now, if it were an opportunity to connect with thousands of women to advance what I'm doing with Origin and what we're doing in our business that's super focused, I might say yes. But other than that, it would have to be like hanging out with Pink or Adele or something like that. I mean, really, it would. Something like it's that. It's tough to get me out of the house at eight, after eight. Okay. So those are filtering questions. Next up, I really believe in rituals for getting us in our best zone of creative flow. And one of the huge things in my ICA interviews that I have learned is how much of a time suck technology is for women, specifically social media, the addiction to phones. And I am raising my hand as well. But there are a couple of things that I do sort of ritualistically to help to break that addiction. One of them is I always keep my phone on silent. And if I am doing something like I am right now, the phone is turned over so that I'm not seeing notifications and being in the middle of a thought and seeing the text came in and spacing out because I'm actually reading the text message instead of talking to you. So that's one is that if I'm talking to somebody, if I'm doing a podcast, if I'm writing a blog, if I'm working on a class, something like that, my phone is turned on silent and it is turned over. I also always leave my phone downstairs when we go to bed at night. So the phone gets plugged in and I go upstairs phone free. We do not have phones in our bedroom unless for some reason we have to wake up early for a flight, but it's only for travel usually because we have no other alarm system. Right. But it still is on airplane mode when it's in our bedroom. So no phones in the bedroom. That's been huge. Nobody needs a phone in their bedroom. No. And I don't want the end of my day to be spent scrolling my phone sitting next to my husband in bed. Now, granted, a lot of the times we end up standing in the kitchen scrolling before we go to bed, before we plug in our phones. But at least that last 20 20 minutes or so before we turn out the lights or whatever it is, three minutes. is spent actually with each other. And I also really believe that the cell signal and having technology in the bedroom is not good for your energetic field. And I know that that Wi-Fi and all the things are, I, I don't have the data on it, but I guarantee you, it feels different when I have my phone downstairs versus when I have it upstairs. And then when I'm writing something, I talked about this last week in our copywriting episode, I write a candle and I write a candle. I don't write a candle. I light a candle. (laughs) And I ask that I write what needs to be said. And that is really helpful for me for letting go and getting out of my inner critic and into my inner creative. So those are some of my rituals that help me get focused on what really matters. And also I don't have like notifications on my computer. You know, my computer's on silent. When I go into, let's say a Zoom call to interview somebody or you know, podcast interview or something like that. Like I turn things off. So I'm not constantly getting, I don't have anything that pops up on my computer other than calendar reminders. And that just ensures that I show up for things. Otherwise I would forget. How about you, hun? What, what sort of rituals do you have around your, your time or your productivity? Well, everything goes in the calendar. Oh yeah. That's huge. <laughs> Ramit Sethi just did something. He's like, if it's not in the calendar, it does it never happened. You know, or something like that, which is, which is basically true. I could be better at like my putting my workouts in my calendar, things like that to really prioritize 
my time that way. But besides those things, everything else, meetings, appointments, when I'm working on certain things goes in my calendar. I'm starting a new program this week for business about creating funnels. And so that I'm, I'm deciding when that's going to be done. You know, I put it in my calendar. So those are the rituals around it. But yeah, when I'm in creative, I like to listen to music. Kate likes to sit by herself and quiet. So I like to have certain types of music on. So if I have to go through and be somewhat creative, it's more like Zen type music, like meditation music I'll put on. If I need to pull numbers for like our bookkeeper or if I'm putting numbers or spreadsheets together, I'll put something else on that can be a little bit more upbeat. But yes, it's the... I would say when it comes to the creative piece, like what Kate does, like she's off the radar. Like I might want to get a hold of her for two hours or three hours about something or scheduling an appointment or, and you can't like, there's just, it's, there's no way. And so it's annoying, but reality is she's getting done. It's annoying to me. It's not annoying to her. Right. So you have to keep in mind what this place, it's completely fine. If you know, it's her place to be creative. And if it's her zone of genius, she needs to have everybody else cut off and not have distractions. So for myself, I don't necessarily shut everything off, but I just won't answer. I was just like phone calls come in. I just let it go to voicemail. If I don't have like really know who the number is or who I'm expecting, I just go let it to go to voicemail. And I like to answer the phone calls on my own time and call people back on my own time. So my phone or emails or things like that don't dictate my schedule. And I like, especially now from the creative piece, like if I'm going to write a podcast or write a, a post or record a podcast, I do that more in the morning because that's when it's more fresh for me before I like start diving into email and answering everybody else's stuff. So yeah, that would, that's kind of my rituals around those type of things. Awesome. Yeah. You know, when you said if you're trying to get a hold of me and I'm like in the zone, you know, it does occur to me that like if daycare was trying to get a hold of me or something, that would be a problem. So I understand for parents and for people who have people depending on them, but like but, I but do end up on. seeing my phone every, you know. I know, but let, let's just, let, I'm going to give a different perspective here. Let's say the worst case scenario, something happens to Penelope and she has to go to the hospital. Right. Calling us is not what they're going to do. They're no. going to call the ambulance. Well, we then they're going to let the us know. Saying they could call the ambulance. Yeah, they're going to let back. us know that like Penelope's been transferred to whatever the hospital she goes to. Right? So it's this false sense of security that we have that we have to be around for everything. And it's not. So if like, let's say most likely the daycare is going to be able to hold together one of us, you know, in that type of scenario. They also have my mom's number, my dad's number, right. my bonus mom's number. Right. So number one, she's going to get taken care of, right? We're most likely, if they have to we call have two an daughters. ambulance, both girls are going to get we're not being able to take care of her, right? Yeah. There's not, we're going to have anything. To no, do. I'm not a paramedic. So, so yeah. Thank you for that perspective. Very helpful and realistic. Also, you know, I think that when we have this anxiety about being reachable, it's really helpful to take the Mike Watts school of thought and ask yourself, like, what really is the worst case scenario here? And would somebody not being able to reach me for the next 45 minutes really be in a, a problem? And the truth is, no, no, it would not. Like, you know, I'm just thinking of a scenario, for example, I had, when I was in labor with Ruby, we had planned for my mom to be there at the birth. And mm -hmm. she was supposed to go up to Deer Isle in Maine 
which is a three-hour drive away. And the Wednesday before Ruby was born, we were just sitting around waiting for Ruby to be born. So I was like, you know what, Mom, go on your trip. I don't, you don't need to sit around here waiting for me to go into labor. It's kind of painful. So just, you know, go. And so she kept her phone on, even though they had spotty reception. And for whatever reason, the night that I went into labor, she didn't have her phone by her bed. And she didn't get the message that I was in labor until two hours after I was in labor. And she showed up at the hospital a couple of hours after Ruby was born. And so I can think of like, that would be a scenario where that would have been good to have her phone on her and get the memo. But at the end of the day, it ended up being really perfect that she wasn't there for a variety of reasons. And she and I have talked about this. So it's, you know, we both agree. And so I'm just thinking like, that's a pretty extreme case, for example. And I get that. Now, once our girls are older and they're not sleeping down the hall, we're going to have to come up with a scenario to have a phone available like if our girls need to call us at like three in the morning, they need to be able to do that when they're in college. <laughs> Aren't you oh glad you're listening God, to me this process this? But I'm just saying like, these are the things that people think about. I am telling I you, know, these, are the, I know. these are the reasons people think, Trust me. no, I must have my phone on me all the time and it must be turned on because this, these are the little wormholes we go down in our heads. I have a mother who wouldn't go to sleep until I came home. Right. And when, even when I went to college, I would come back home and she would be up, you know? Yeah. So I get it. Anyway. So that's the deal with not having the notifications. Oh my God, notifications will kill you. Go through your phone and turn off every notification, the Facebook Messenger, the Facebook, the Instagram. I do not get notifications. The only notification I see is if somebody, if I have a text message. And maybe I should just turn those off too. I don't know. But that's the only notifications I have. It's just text messages. Turn them off because that steals your attention from what matters to you and suddenly puts your attention on what is somebody else's priority. And you don't want somebody else taking over your time because it's awful. The bottom line is who's in charge here? Right. Is your phone in charge of you or are you in charge of your phone? Since we're talking a lot about phone. And if you say, well, my phone's in charge of me then if you like it that way, great. If you don't, then do something about it, right? It's like in this whole thing with time too, like Kate's talking about. It's like, is time in charge of you or are you in charge of your time? It's very simple. Like most people, I would say time is in charge of them. I don't know, maybe 50%. I don't know what the, I haven't done What do you mean by time is in charge of them? They feel like they never have enough time. We're always going to run out of time. I can't get everything done that I want to get done in the world, in, in the day. I want to do all these things and it, it's you're constantly thinking about it. We're constantly processing it, constantly running around. And I know, you know, everybody's life is so different, so it's hard, but you know, it's hard to, you can't make a vast judgment about everybody, but you can look at your life and just decide like, oh, I should be, I could be a little bit better at this, right? Instead of, I don't feel time is in charge of me. Sometimes I do. Like there's some days where I'm like, well, just like crazy busy, right? But most of the time, I'm in charge of what I want to do on a daily basis. I'm in charge of what I want to do on every single day. And it's a matter like everything's in the calendar. So like you'll ask me, even we were on the call earlier today with Licia. and was like, what about tomorrow at one o'clock? I was like, I don't know. Let me, I need a calendar. I, don't, I didn't have my phone with me. I said, look up on yours because Kate and I share a calendar. So it was one of the, it's that, that, I, that I'm in charge of what I'm deciding to do that day. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I do really recommend, I've gotten much better at this, but I could even get better in terms of, this is kind of back to that focus formula off the topic of phones now, is really to block out the things that really matter to you ahead of time so that when you go look at your calendar, you're edging out the things that don't matter. So Mm -hmm. that what's on there for me would be workouts, um, pumping. I realized the first week Ruby went back, went to daycare. I had forgotten about pumping breaks. So now I am looking at my calendar at the beginning of the week and scheduling in pumping so that I'm not like rushing around from thing to thing. Learning time is really important. We, Mike and I are always learning. We're always improving our skill set. Right now we're going through Jeff Walker's um, product launch formula. So we actually have scheduled in weekly dates to learn that material, to advance ourselves, to advance our business, to learn new strategy, new mindset. I'm a huge believer in always learning and I'm always reading several books and the time I'm reading right now tends to be while I'm pumping. So I read for about 30 minutes a night at the end of the night while I'm doing my last pump before I go to sleep. I'd love to read more. I'm not prioritizing it. I'm just being honest about Mm -hmm. that. And then we also have every single week, Mike and I have a scheduling meeting on Monday mornings where we talk through the week. It usually only takes about 15 minutes. It's not that big of a deal, but we have a scheduled time so that it doesn't get to be Wednesday and we're like, oh no, we forgot to talk about our schedule and uh uh-oh, we realize we have this overlap and no one's available to pick the girls up at daycare and like, ah, the amount of resentment and stress that is caused by just not knowing what what the other spouse is doing in relationships is astonishing to me. Like just have a meeting about it every week, 10, 15 minutes. And then also we have a shared Google calendar. So that really helps us. We also have our money meeting scheduled in every single week ahead of time. And then we have our team meeting scheduled in every single week ahead of time, our management meeting scheduled in every week ahead of time. And then I want to, the things I'm just sharing this, the thing that I would like to get better about planning ahead of time is dinner. (laughs) The two things that I struggle with the most are getting dinner on the table and getting our children bathed. So it's really basic over here at the Watts household. Why? Why do you put so much pressure on yourself about dinner and food? Because I feel like this is a really great question. I have been socialized to believe that it is the mother's job to feed the family, even though I buck gender roles in all kinds of ways, even though I think we have a really conscious partnership. When dinner is not planned and made, I feel like it is my fault. So I'm just, I bet you there are other women listening who can relate to this. I'm sure there is. And it is a frontier of revolution for me that I would like to change that programming in myself and create a plan within our family that really works and makes sense. And I will be perfectly honest, also just being really transparent right now, even if I have planned out what we're going to have, but then you end up making it because the girls need me or I can't do it for whatever reason, I still feel like I failed. (laughs) So anyway, you and I can have a separate conversation around dinner. We should talk about it right now. No, let's, I just want to like come up with a plan, you know, and I know we did green chef for a while. Like that was really helpful. We might do it again. We've had meal delivery. That's really the sweet spot for us. (laughs) It's when someone else makes the food and I would be happy to heat it up. 
but it's really like it's really challenging for me so i'm just saying i want to get that's my growth edge we always have a growth edge all of us around our time and our energy for me my growth edge is dinner so just putting that out there for those of you who are listening who are great at getting dinner on the table i just bow at your feet okay what not i just i i don't know it's just not in it's not it doesn't bring i mean being on the opposite side of dinner and meals and all that's the distance we're on dinner topic like it i don't see it it doesn't bring joy to your life making dinner the whole thing no it like does not. it doesn't but we have to eat it's true do but you want to take it on i didn't say i'm going to take it on but i <laughs> what like the fact like you just told me that even if i do take it on you still don't feel good about it no anyway. i think if we had had a if we had a conversation where we were like okay dinner is an issue and you were like you know what we have. i'm not i'm not saying this is gonna happen and i'm not asking you to take it on right now i think that you and i can figure this out together but if you were like you know what honey i'm gonna handle the dinners like the weeknight dinners. And then if we knew ahead of time that like that was then your wheelhouse, you know, in the same way that like you handle taking out the trash. Like I don't feel bad about the fact that I didn't take out the trash. I, You know that. That's <laughs> what we had conversations about it. Like I don't have a thing about it. I'm not like worrying about it I don't know who else all. household. This is Kate taking out the trash. She, oh, she, First off, keep pushing stuff down in the bin as much as she possibly can until this is in the kitchen, until it won't fit anymore. And then the trash bag comes out of the trash can and then it sits kind of at the end of the kitchen by the front, by the front door for the next time I'm going out of the house or the next time you're going out of the house or the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, Cause I know also there are a lot of days I don't leave the house. <laughs> Or until Mike walks by and takes it out. But yep. yes, which is fine. But I don't feel better. You know, I'm like, oh, whatever. It's just right. things so that need no, to happen. But I think this is a really important conversation that we're having around time and women and men and the what and the expectations we have on ourselves that are socialized. Some of them are socialized and some of them are just who we are. And I didn't even grow up in a household where my mom made dinner every night. So like, that's how deep this stuff is. And I do take responsibility for the fact that it's my job to change the programming. But it's really interesting to notice that like the nurturing role for me is feeding the family and making food. And because it's not my strong suit, there is an element to which like, I feel like I'm not doing a good job as a mom and as a wife which is totally not what this podcast was going to be about, but I'm just telling the truth. Is there, like, can you relate to that? Not necessarily with food, but with any other it's area? It's not with food, because I... I know it's not with you. Our with children food. have never starved, so I'm No, never... no, no, and we feed them really well. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's why I have a whole skin breakout, I think, is what the trajectory of carrying it over. I think spending time with them and thinking that I'm going to be, uh, like, feeling like I have to over-deliver on time spent with kids. Not so much anymore, but with Penelope, it definitely was. You know, there was a lot of stress that I put on myself around making sure that I'm going to be a good father. And that had to do with, like we've talked about this previously, but but then also as showing up as a husband, it's like over-delivering of the value that I'm bringing to the relationship is like ridiculous. But is there an area specifically like food that brings that out for you? I just... Like one area of delivery, like spending time did. with your children? Is I mean, that that's mean? time. That's an area. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all about, I'd say the most thing that causes stress in my life is our children. 
So well, totally. <laughs> so that, that goes is, without saying. <laughs> that, but no, I don't have. No, I don't. I do not experience the fact that, that, like, yeah, no. Interesting. No, I mean it's it's not just an area. It's the whole trait that I've had to work on about asking for help and getting and just experiencing service in another form where it's just asking for help basically. So it's not just one area, but it's the whole thing of what help stands for, for me that comes with our kids that comes with you that comes with myself. So I wouldn't say that there's one area, but that is the area. It's just asking for help. Right. Got it. Does that, it probably doesn't satisfy your answer. It's not exactly what I was asking, but I think it's really good information. Yeah. Okay. So what were you asking? Well, I was asking if there was an equivalent of the way I feel about dinner as a woman for something that you feel about something as a man that makes you feel like I should be doing this thing. Otherwise, I am not a good, you know, no dad or I am not a good whatever. No, you don't have that. No. And so I think this is this really is, interesting uh, about our society, right? That well, it's like, like that domestic or the, the sexual, the assault chart. That's what it was about that came out during the Kavanaugh hearings that said what men worry about when they, you know, might go on a date or something. And it's just like they worry about nothing. And what do women worry about? There's like 75 topics or yeah. things that they worry about. And it's like even there was a Twitter feed the other day about this woman was selling something on Craigslist and didn't want the person because she was selling a dryer and didn't want the person to come over to her house after it had to be after five o'clock when her husband was home. Yeah. Like I would never like if I'm selling something in my house, like people can just come over whenever I never think about what time they should be here. Right. If anybody else is going to be here or whatever. And so it's, I just invite them over, but she did a whole thing. It was like a 10 part series on Twitter about, what happened and the, she was concerned because then the guy ended up coming over late at night drunk like it was really weird oh and so God. he came over and then couldn't get it out didn't follow instructions. like it was all weird it was very bizarre experience for her so no there's not something that i think about like dinner in that form yep but like you telling me that story about dinner also <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's funny because now i can feel now I understand even when I make dinner or do dinner where it's the feeling for you is weird in itself where you feel anxious about the meal because you didn't cook it like that. I can totally now it all makes sense because I felt that with dinner and the way the meals are like there's like a lot of stress around it and like for what brings to the it's because, you know, I mean, this is such an important conversation that the way women are brought up or the way girls are brought up in our society and the way boys are brought up in our society is really different. And the expectations are, everyone has pressure. Like, listen, the, the pressure on men to provide and show up in a certain way mm -hmm. and the pressure on women to show up in a certain way. But I will say the pressure upon women to show up in a certain way in order to be deemed acceptable is I've experienced it as pretty profound to the degree that I, I've like this whole dinner conversation feels to my witness self. It feels ridiculous. It feels ridiculous, but like to my inner self, it feels like to that programmed sort of like vulnerable part of me. It feels really real. You know, have and I so ever like said anything to you about that? The only time you did was a couple weeks ago when 
there were two nights in a row where you said, okay, this isn't working for me, where you say you're going to make this thing for dinner. And then like, because I needed to feed Ruby and then go grab Penelope because she went off down the street on her bike. Again, she's freaking three years old and she like leaves the house and then we don't know where she is. So because I was needing to tend to other things, it ended up being that you were making dinner, even though I had said I was going to, and you said, this isn't working for me because I think, I don't know what you meant by that, but what I interpreted, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, was that it didn't work for me to say, I'm going to cook dinner and then for me not to do it. It wasn't that it didn't work for you to cook dinner. Cause you were like, if the plan is for me to cook dinner, I'll just make dinner. Right. Versus Oh, I'm making it. Oh, gosh, I can't. It turns out, can you do it? Which I think was the part that was bugging you. Do you remember? Oh, no, I know what you're talking about. What was it that didn't work for you about it? Well, it does, because this happened at my birthday party, like, last year, too. And so, and I think this is why this is what happens. Now I'm understanding this more clearly. What didn't work for me in that time, it's the same conversation we've been talking about now, where, okay, if I'm going to be outside or I'm going to hang out with the kids and you're going to take care of dinner and then all of a sudden you disappeared and i there's a time frame right like when it comes to dinner time at our house like the later penelope goes down the worse it is for us the worse it is for her so like right now we're getting back to 6 30 she needs to start bedtime yeah. or else it's it's a disaster like it'll be two hours she won't go to sleep and then she like comes out of her room a thousand times all the but, regardless of when she goes down that pretty much happens the coming out of her room yeah not so much actually not when she goes down the past when she goes to bed earlier it it wasn't recently except for last night but she didn't go to bed earlier last night she was in bed by 6 55 last night yeah but we we this okay she went out playing before it was a combination of things yeah there's 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 a pattern that has worked if we if she plays comes and eats inside and then Ruby stays, goes down yeah. and she goes down at the same time. It's been much easier at bedtime than like, but then she went out and played before dinner or after dinner and then bed. Anyway, so the, basically <laughs> we are way all, all over the place here. In case you wanted to know about our child's bedtime routines as part anyway. of the focus formula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. But it, it comes back to like the, what we're talking about here, where if my mind is like, okay, Kate's got dinner. I don't have to worry about it. We'll just go play with kids. Cause like the other day you made dinner, last night and i just I hung out with the kids the last two nights, two nights in a row I and i feel amazing about it <laughs> and so i'm hanging out with the kids taking care of the kids but all of a sudden it's like you're making dinner and then all of a sudden i see you chasing the children down the street while i was already outside or it's like then you go off the, the making dinner and you like disappear and then i start making dinner i'm just like we got to get a plan here for what is actually happening so if monday wednesday friday i'm responsible for dinner that's clear if if monday wednesday friday you're responsible for dinner that's clear that's clear like and i think that's the piece of i can't believe we're spending so much time talking about dinner here this is crazy but like this is how we're probably not the only people who struggle with this no but this is how we saw no dinner is like it's stressful right because i don't want to cook dinner kate doesn't want to cook dinner We've tried like it's there's I actually don't mind cooking dinner if you're with the girls and I have a plan and I have the ingredients and it's quick. Yeah, same with me. Right? So it's like if everybody's out of my hair yeah. and I can listen to all the music that I yeah. out of the hair that I have. It's like listen to all the music that I want <laughs> it's not and hard just to cook be out dinner. Of your it's hair. really easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That was a good joke. Oh, um, my desk just arrived. We have to pause. Okay. But then we'll be on so <laughs> Then we'll be back for dinner. <laughs> 
Okay, your desk has been delivered. Desk has been delivered. It's beautiful. Back to the... I'll post a picture on Instagram. Back to our um, dinner conversation. Back to dinner. We just discussed while the desk was being delivered that obviously we have some work to do around our dinner plan, but basically things like this can be major time and energy sucks. Dinner is not so much a time suck for us, but obviously it's been an energy suck for me that we have just uncovered. And it's at the end of the day, like what really matters to me is the joy and well-being and health of our family. But like me obsessing over dinner every night doesn't have to be part of the equation. So if I went through my filtering questions and me being responsible for dinner solely also is not required for our family to be healthy and joyful. So we've just uncovered that. Correct. Oh man, that was a long conversation. It's complicated. It's complex. It is. These are these are the things, folks. Though sometimes the smallest things are actually leaking your time and energy the most, and taking you off track from what you really want to get the best results for your life and your business. And yeah, so if you took my filtering questions and said, well, is me obsessing about dinner and feeling guilty about it advancing women and girls? Uh, faux show, no. <laughs> like, that is definitely not happening. Is it contributing to the joy and well-being of our family? No. And is it contributing to my own health and well-being? No. So obviously, obsessing about dinner all the time, not all the time, but obsessing about dinner and feeling solely responsible for it is not a great use of my time and energy. And therefore... Sometime tonight after the girls go to bed, Mike and I will be having a conversation around what can we do to make dinner a more joyful and easy experience for both of us. It's true. <laughs> so, we will keep you updated. We will. And we, we are just, I am stripping back the patriarchy one layer at a time over here at the Watts need house. need to do something about it. Yeah. But anyway, what I was saying is that if you schedule and block in the things that really matter to you, then the things that don't matter to you can't really fit on your schedule. A lot of people who are like health coaches talk about crowding out the stuff that doesn't make you feel good on your plate with stuff that does. So adding more green veggies instead of taking away grains can be a really helpful way to think about it. So for your schedule is the same thing, adding in more of what matters to you and more of what gets you the results you want crowds out than the things that don't matter so that you can sort of trick yourself by filling in your calendar with the things that matter to you so that when somebody asks you, can you do X, Y, or Z, you look at your calendar and you're like, well, actually I cannot. So of course you would have your filtering questions, but you would also have that blocking out your calendar so that you only have time and space for the things that really get you the results that you want, mm -hmm. whatever those may be. Prosperity, wellness, impact, you know, changing the world and taking down the patriarchy. <laughs> One dinner at a time. <laughs> oh, goodness. This was very therapeutic. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Focus. Ah, the focus formula. I said to Mike, I'm serious. I was like, we should call this episode What's for Dinner? Um, I think we should. That would actually be great. We should just call it that. Well, then people will be confused at the beginning, though. Anyway, thank you for listening. Please join me for the free class, this workshop. I've been sitting on this information for a year now, just like a little hen with her little eggies and it is ready to hatch and I'm very excited to share it with you so please go to katenorthup.com forward slash focus and I will see you on the 23rd on Ellen's birthday for the free workshop 
Have a great day. Bye. (laughs) Hey there. I'm teaching a free workshop called The Focus Formula, the way to get things done stress-free every day. And I would love for you to join me for it. In this workshop, you are going to get the breakdown of how to come up with your filter questions so you know exactly what to say yes to and exactly what to say no to to get the results that you want without burning yourself out. So you can go over to katenorthup.com forward slash focus and sign up for the free workshop. I'm super pumped. I've not taught anything live in a year and I can't wait to see you there. katenorthup.com forward slash focus.